This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to look for a few moments this morning. We're going to talk about eternal security. And this is something that really God wants us to have peace about our salvation. How many want some peace about their salvation? It's so important because you're not going to be able to be effective for God if you're not secure in your relationship with Him. You're going to be walking and living in a life of, of fear and really doubt and unbelief. You won't have your identity. The Bible tells us to remember who we are. If you don't know who you are, you can't remember. It says, remember when you look in the mirror of God's Word. Remember who you are, that when you leave it, you'll know who you are, even when you're out there and other people don't recognize who you are. You know who you are. And it gives you confidence. And it gives you peace. God doesn't want us going around worried and concerned. You know, can you imagine your, your children? Dad, can I talk to you? Yes. Come in. I'm not sure if I'm a part of this family. I'm just, I'm not sure. I, I have this reoccurring dream. You're going to kick me out of the family. Why, son? Because I didn't take out the garbage. Some are not going to kick you out. We might lock you up in your room, but get the garbage out. But no, you're not going nowhere. We're still going to feed you. We still love you. And when we talked about kids, you remember we talked about one of the things they have to have is the love of their parents that's unconditional. That it causes a foundation in them to, to be so secure and so strong. And that's what we, we need from the Lord. We've got to have the same thing. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Say no. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. He wants you to know it. Say, I know it. That He wants me to know it. He wants you to know it, that even when you feel like you're not walking and, or experiencing His life, you still know what reality is. You've been married a few years and you wake up, well, I just don't believe I'm married. Well, reality needs to hit you. You are married. <laughs> and you need to remember that. The Amplified says, so that you may know of settled, absolute knowledge that you already have life, yes, eternal life. Message Bible says, you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. To live in this place of knowing, and Paul, it says, I know. When you have that place of knowing within you, it produces a peace and a security in your life. It causes you to have that confidence. And to walk with God. It changes everything. They found the most important thought or the most powerful thought, and this thought will control your life, is how do you see yourself? What is your self-image will control your life? 
Let's have God's self-image. Let's have what God says about us be our reality, what we believe. And that's really what we're doing once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord. From then on, you're renewing your mind to what you already have from Him. What you already have in your spirit, you're renewing your mind to the truth. Because everybody else is speaking lies, or the world says this, or the culture says this. What does God say? And thank God for those that agree with what God says. That you know, human beings that say that <laughs> and agree with it. The word says, "Look unto Him. Look unto Him. Look unto the Lord. Look into the Word. You are in Him." You can see a lot what you're like by looking at Jesus. Because you're in Him. Well, Pastor, I didn't know I was in Him. Yes, God sees you in Him. In Romans chapter 5, yeah, I'm, I'm reminded years ago, this is probably 35 years or so, uh, Jack Hayford um, they were talking to him. He was uh, doing a little interview thing, and he was saying something that he learned uh, through the there's a movement then, the charismatic uh, movement, and he said it broke down the dom- denominational walls and said he got to fellowship with people who normally wouldn't. And uh, he said he was doing conferences with people that, you know, believed in the gifts of the spirits, uh, the spirit, the same things that he believed in, except he used to shun those people because they were so secure. uh, They were heavy on grace, is what he would say, secure in their eternal uh, life that they were born again. They were so secure in it. And he said that it, it bugged me, but the more I was around them through the years, I saw that they didn't get frustrated. They had a, a peace on them. They just walked in this peace. And he said that, I would preach sin like you just went to hell. You know, he said, I'm just, he said, that's the way it was. We preached it, and man, uh, you just lived it, you know, almost. Uh, His sermon was hell, I mean. And he said that what he found happened is more sin took place in the church. He said, Man, I, I, I preach the power. You can't do this. Don't do that. And he said, they'd just go out and do it. He said, staff would go out and do it. He said, what's going on? And he just kept on. And he said, those people hardly preached it. You know, they, they weren't hitting it like he was. And yet, they were more happy and had less sin. And he started seeing the, the grace of God on their lives that that they were secure in their eternal security. They, they were secure. And it, it brought such a peace to them. And they weren't frustrated. How do you think Paul could be so happy in prison and, and writing and, you know. The, he said, don't be ashamed of me. It didn't bother him. You know. We've been, um, I'm hiding in prison. Don't tell nobody, you know. Apostle Paul here, and I, I've been locked up. Don't he's going? Hey, come on out! Don't be just come on out to the prison. You know, we'll have a good time. 
It's just, he didn't care. Because he was so secure in his relationship with the Lord and he had this, this grace. He just had peace. So Jack Hayford said, I started preaching on who you are and what you have and the grace of God. And he said, people stop sinning so much. Because if you go, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, there's something inside of us that wants to go do it. True. Now I've read about every diet book in the, that you can find. Don't do this, don't do that. And I tell you, time I finish that book, I desire what they say, don't eat so much. And what do you do? The first chance you get, you lose a few pounds. I will hit my goal. You're going to go hit what they said don't. <laughs> but it's something about building yourself in who you are that causes you to walk in a, a stronger place with the Lord. And, and that it really fits in to this eternal security. In, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, When Adam sinned, Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone's sin. Then verse 18, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one, one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. So through Adam's sin, notice it's not sins, plural, through Adam's sin, sin entered. What kind of sin? The sin nature. The sin nature entered because of Adam's sin. And the sin nature was then passed down from Adam to every person because everyone was in his loins. They came out. That was the seed. That was the first Adam. But said a second Adam, or Jesus, came, and through his obedience, all were made righteous, all those that believe. Now notice, it wasn't anything that we did to become righteous. It wasn't anything that we actually did to get to uh, sin nature. Really, Adam did it. And when you put these two together, it says, because of Adam, we all have the sin nature. And he says, but because of Jesus, we all have righteousness, those that believe. I'm so glad it's like that. Yeah, I'll take one person representing me. I'll take Jesus representing me all day long, right? Because he could do it. When Jesus went to the cross, he chose to become sin. Adam produced the sin, which caused the sin nature to enter. Jesus, out of his own free will, chose to be sin. And this in your notes, Jesus became the sin nature, which produced all sin. There's just one sin that Adam sinned with, that sin entered, and it was the sin nature. All were born with sin then. Jesus bore the very root cause of sin by taking on the sin nature. That's what he did at the cross. When it says that Jesus paid for all of our 
sin, he paid for the root cause of all sin, and that's the sin nature. Now, there's one sin that Jesus didn't die for. And it's the unpardonable sin because Jesus didn't die for it. And that would be rejection of Jesus Christ. He didn't die for that one sin. But everything else, he took care of. So now the issue is not sin. The issue is what will you do with Jesus Christ? Will you receive the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness or not? In 1 John 1, 29, it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, not sins, the sin of the world. The doorway for spiritual death was the sin nature. And spiritual death came in two different types. Number one, spiritual death, which was separation from God. This was an instant thing that happened to Adam. When Adam sinned, he died spiritually. It took years for the next death, which number two is physical death, and that's a process, a process of death. So we see that this is what was passed down to us from Adam. But thank God for Jesus. In Ephesians 2, verse 13, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So Jesus, because of what he did, he, he came and this barrier that was in the way, the sin nature, this wall of separation, that there's nothing that we could do about it. Adam, mankind, had no solution. It was God's problem, but God solved it by sending Jesus and he's sinning before the foundation of the world. The plan was made before we were here. The solution was here before the problem was here. Is God the planner or not? And he planned this thing out and it says that Jesus came against that middle wall of separation and destroyed it. Hallelujah. He took the sin nature for us. But he could pay the price and after the price was paid, God raised him from the dead. He had resurrection life. Think about that wall of separation. Every person born had a sin nature and they were separated from God. The only way to get rid of that middle wall of separation is Jesus Christ. When you accept him as Lord, there is no wall. Some people say he's the bridge. He's the one that linked hands with God and linked hands with us. But actually, Jesus just linked hands with, with God because we're in Jesus. <laughs> he just went ahead and put us in him. And that wall came down. Now, what separates you from God? Does sin separate you? Does sin separate you? Hmm. Not very enthusiastic there. Okay, we'll talk some more. The sting of death is the sin nature. The sting's been taken out because we're called to be with the Lord. The strength of sin is the law. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. No things have passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. A Christian is new on the inside. Where? His spirit. He is, in fact, the Bible says we are now partakers of his divine nature. We have a new nature. Our spirit is brand new. We're a new creation. All things have become new in our spirit. Have you noticed when you got saved, you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the next day you didn't get up and throw away all the diet books because you lost 20 pounds over that night. You went to bed. Next morning woke up. You were fit. You, you looked like you'd been going to the gym for years. You lost all this weight. You threw away every diet book. You looked in the mirror and much to your amazement. You didn't need Botox anymore. <laughs> Everything, uh, forget that, that anti-aging cream. You didn't need it anymore. Because you had a new body. And then you're no, you noticed your emotions. Nothing ruffled you anymore. Emotionally on even keel. You knew every answer because you, you, you just had this intellect and your will was just so profound. You had all the answers. Emotionally, your, your soul had been changed. Your body had been changed and your spirit. All things were new. Or were you like me and the next day discovered, huh, I think I gained a pound yesterday. Where's that diet book? Ah, uh, I need another one. I need a new one. Why am I getting these kooky, crazy thoughts? I didn't have this bad of thoughts when, before I was saved. What is going around? You know, I think I need to get saved. That's what I thought. I need to get saved because these thoughts are not from God. What is going on here? Anybody experience that? I mean, I had goofy thoughts. I mean, bad. And then you start questioning, what did I do? Maybe I wasn't the best thing to do because it's gotten worse here. <laughs> it was our spirit. Yeah, instant change when you believe. What God does in your spirit remains constant and unchanging. It does not change regardless of your performance. So that was the answer that I asked you about this moment. Your spirit does not change regardless of your performance. That's the reason you don't mess up one day and the next day have to go get saved again. Because my relationship's intact. I'm still his child. I still have a relationship with him. In 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So, he took our sins and he gave us his righteousness. His righteousness, that divine nature. God looks at you. When he sees you, he sees Christ. He looks at your spirit. The only ones going to his heaven are, have the righteousness of God in them. Your spirit. That's what he looks at. So you accept him as Lord and Savior. 
God sees your spirit, you're in. Well, I don't like that, Pastor. I really want to work for it. Well, fine. Take the next 10 billion years and you still won't be there because you can't earn it. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. I really think I'm just about, I think I'm about good enough to earn it. No, no. Just go ahead and, and listen to Brother Paul from the Bible. You know, he starts out, I'm a sinner. By the time he in, ends the thing, at the end of his life, he goes, I'm the chief of all sinners. Because you realize he is perfect. God is perfect. Mm. Performance of your body and soul, good or bad, don't affect if God accepts you or not. Because he accepts you based on what Christ did for your spirit man. The rest has been paid for, but you get it later. Ephesians 4.24, that you found the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness is in your spirit. Aren't you glad? I'm so glad. And he did it. If we did it, we'd messed it up. We had nothing to do with it. He said, you know, Jesus, we're going to make this plan between you and me because if we get them involved, they're going to mess it up. So the covenant was between God the Father and Jesus, and we get in it, on it, when we believe and set Jesus Christ as Lord. We become in Him. In Him. Shouting ground. It's a blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3 uh, I don't have that in the notes. If you can look that up. I wanted to read this to you uh, from the, I think it's the New King James. I hope that's where I got it from. Let me read it to you. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. The Bible says you're seated with him in heavenly places. Just as he chose us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame. He chose you before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame. Anybody in here holy without blame? Without Christ? <laughs> no. He chose us in Him to be holy without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ Himself, According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He, he did it. When we talk about we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, he's made us sit down in the heavenly places in Christ. When we talk about being in Christ, we're boasting in the Lord because he did it. He made us acceptable. He did it all. And that word acceptable there means pleased with God is pleased with you because he's in you and that's the part he's pleased about when he redid your spirit and put his Holy Spirit in you he's pleased with that he says well that's good you remember what he does everything that's good it is good it is good you're good <laughs> no I'm not Lord I can't be good Yes, you are. I made you that way. Oh, it can't be. It's impossible. I can't be good. There's nothing good in me. There is something good in you. 
I'm in you. Don't say that anymore. God's in you. So you see, I start to change my identity. And I start to get to a place where I'm secure with him. I mess up. I still know that I'm his son. Now, does he correct? And Yeah, oh, absolutely. Anybody ever been spanked by God? I have. But what's he doing? He's, he's saving you. He hates sin because sin will destroy you. See, the, the message isn't go ahead and just sin because sin will mess you up and destroy your life. The most miserable people on the earth are Christians living in sin. They're miserable. And it's destroying their life. Because the wages of sin is still death. But you can be secure in your relationship with the Lord. They accepted there is the same word that Gabriel, when he said to Mary, you're highly favored. Same word. You're highly favored of God. Because He chose you to be holy and blameless. He chose you to have His righteousness inside of you. Now, He chose everyone there. But only those that accept Him receive it. So God sees us in Christ. And this is, you see in your notes there, positional truth. And this help, helps you understand that positional truth is our relationship with God. And that's unchanging. That thing is, um, remains constant. That we're, we have the mind of Christ. We're sanctified. We're holy. We're, we're blameless. We're the righteousness of God. We have an eternal uh, destiny. We have a, a, a priesthood. Uh, all those things don't change. And it is, is truth that we call positional truth. Temporal truth is this, is our fellowship with God. You may not be experiencing those positional truths. You might be walking contrary to what God's called you to do. That is temporal truth. And a good example of this, your, your fellowship with God. If you have a, say you have a child... So you have a, a, a son, and he, he's born. When does he become your son? When he is born. Everybody say one plus one equals two. Okay. He becomes your son, and somebody said oh, nine months before. Okay, I'll give you that. He becomes your son. Now, when he, he reaches age 20, do I... Is he more my son then than he was when he was born? No. I don't love him more. I still have the relationship with him when he was born as there is when he's 20 years old. Now, if he does some things that are not allowed or uh, he gets in, in trouble, you, you should have done this or whatever, what happens? There's a break in fellowship. And that's where we're talking about temple truth. Yes, you are my son, but there will be some correction here. <laughs> and you're going to have to walk this out. And you, you bring the correction wherever. And see, fellowship is temple truth because it can be 
up and down. It can be all around. It can change. And you might be walking in, in, in fellowship, but the next moment you're not. Because the child, you know, did something or, or whatever. What's well, the same with God? You can be out of fellowship with him, but he, you're still his child. He may not like what you did in the natural, but you're still accepted as his son or daughter. And he's working with you. He has grace for you to overcome whatever, whatever it is that's overcoming you. And he gives you strength for that. So positional truth is I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Temporal truth might be I didn't do a righteous thing then. But I'm still accepted before my God is righteous. Now, here in this, this earth, I need forgiveness. And when I ask forgiveness from God, I'm not getting saved again. I'm not coming to Him and say, Will you take me back as your son? I, I'm, I'm so sorry I did this. Can we have a relationship again? No, the Bible says that the relationship's broken. Jesus isn't going to die again. He's not going to the cross again. It's a one-time deal. So that's not the issue. The issue is, will you straighten up your room? Will you take out the garbage? Will you do right, and then you'll be treated right? It's more on getting along with the people around me than it is with God. But God wants you to get along with the people around you, so it still comes to Him. But I'm still a son and daughter. So I can be secure. So here's the question. Is it possible to be out of fellowship with the Lord and still maintain relationship with Him? Let me hear you shout it. Yes. Yes. You can be out of fellowship with Him, but still maintain your relationship with him. And like I said, your own kids is a great example of that. That should give you peace inside. That should give you uh, security inside to walk with him. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, it says, I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Notice here it says carnal and babes and then it's followed by in Christ. Carnal indicates a condition of fellowship. But in Christ refers to relationship. So we see in this scripture, we see both. We see carnal and a fellowship with God, but we see in Christ, but yet in relationship with God at the same time. So you can be a carnal believer. The Bible says there will be some that will receive no reward in heaven. They'll be saved, yet as by smoke. They never did anything for God. Maybe they got saved on their deathbed. I, I don't know. But there's no rewards. We want to be those that get rewards. We want to be those that bring honor to God with our life here. You know, the Bible says that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. That he protects your spirit. The Holy Spirit is the seal of protection of your new creation man. 
No one can pluck you out of his hand because the Holy Spirit's going to make sure they don't. The Holy Spirit's your protection. And you're sealed, protected by him. Hallelujah. We have eternal security. So, if you sinned and you died, say you got in a big fight with your wife, you slapped her, not seeing traffic, you ran to a car, boom, you're both out of here. And maybe it was your fault, so you go to hell, she goes to heaven. No, you both go to heaven. Why? Because you have a relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now it's in that kind of security that I walk before God, knowing His grace and everything He's done, I want to please Him in this life. I want to do things for Him. I want to do exploits for Him. I want to uh, have rewards that I can cast at His feet. I want to bring him honor and glory. Well, by knowing who I am and being secure, I'll do a whole lot more than just beating somebody over the head and saying, eh, you're a rascal. You'll never amount to anything, and they won't if they believe that. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. If you've been struggling with this, or maybe you've... You've been attacked in this area before as far as your, your salvation and you want some peace, peace today. Well, you just got some peace, but we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you up here. Being the light as he is in the light. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from unrighteousness. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. If you've been second-guessing your salvation, no one looking around wants you to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God. Yes. Any others? Thank you, Lord. Well, you've heard the Word of God today. And you know you have a relationship with Him because you're speaking. Every one of you, raise your hand, are speaking and praying, spending time with Him. And you feel so bad about when the enemy attacks you that you're not even saved. Just because things haven't gone the way that you want them to go, just because some things have gone south for you, gone wrong, you're, and there's disappointment stuff, doesn't mean you're not saved. And you need to let it go receive the love of God this morning receive eternal security about your eternal life Father for each of these that lifted their hand we thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding thank you God that they have decided they made the decision to surrender their life to you and we command the enemy to go and we declare they're in Christ we declare that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Whenever the enemy comes against you, you tell him that he's a liar and that you belong to Jesus.
and you take out Romans 10, 9, and 10, and you tell the devil you did Romans 10, 9, and 10. You have made Jesus the Lord of your life. Thank you, Lord, for bringing peace and strength. Thank you, Lord. If today you've never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, why don't you lift your name, your hand. Maybe you have prayed this before, and you need to restore your fellowship with Him. See, if you're living in sin, you're out of fellowship. And you need to get back into fellowship. It's a dangerous place if you continue to live out of fellowship. Because you're opening the door to the enemy. And the enemy has one purpose for you. And that's to steal, kill, and destroy. And every time that you're walking out from under the light, walking out of fellowship with God, you're saying, devil, here I am. And you don't want that. Let's all say this together. Say, dear God, I choose Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I receive you as Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me. You went to the cross. You were raised from the dead. Now I walk in newness of life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.